Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. We are here with Sean Wells, and we're going to talk about his new book called The Energy Formula, Six Life-Changing Ingredients to Unleash Your Limitless Potential, available on Amazon, Kindle, and hardcover. Sean is sort of the world's leading nutritional biochemist. Uh, which is a really interesting place to be. And he's really considered like the master formulator, a scientist of ingredients. Uh, He's a good friend. We uh, have talked many times and one of the sweetest, most vulnerable, open people you'll meet, who also is very open about a lot of his health struggles that led to this sort of journey to get, you know, optimized on health. So Sean, you know, uh, let's just start off with what led you into this? What even got you down? Like, when did stuff started to go wrong with you? I know. Um, and tell us what started to go wrong in your life health wise that made you, you know, perk up and go, this isn't right. Yeah, it's it's been most of my life, probably up until the last year and a half. There's all been like a there's been a spectrum of like wake up calls and shifts and wake up calls and shifts. Uh, but I started my life with, you know, a a chaotic childhood and I grew up obese and the junk food junkie eating all the Oreos and Coca-Cola and, and frosted flakes and all those things because of bullying, because of, uh, the chaos in the home and, and all that kind of stuff. And I grew up depressed and often with suicidal thoughts and, and not exactly, uh, full of energy and, and happiness and hope. I uh, ended up going to business school uh, at a school called Babson and uh, started working out while I was there. And I started shifting my my body uh, and how I was looking and feeling because I had pretty severe body dysmorphia and disordered eating uh, throughout that period and, and still battled that for years, even after this, this uh, workout bout. But I ended up going to my physician and talking to him about my passion with supplements and working out and how I was seeing a difference. And he drew out a lifeline for me and said, uh, it was, it was a lifeline between 20 and 80. And he said, why not be happy between here and here? And for me, that was like a massive shift. Like it gave me permission to go pursue my passion. I like, there wasn't like the Instagram influencers. There wasn't people that were just I'm going to be a brand, <laughs> you know, like, to, like at, that point, at that point, it was like, you want to work for, um, you know, Anderson or Price Waterhouse. So like, especially when you're in business, you wanted to work with a yep. consulting firm or something. So him telling me this and it being a medical doctor, like that literally changed my life path and gave me permission. I ended up finishing up my business degree. Um, and then I needed 26 credit hours a semester to crank through all the sciences and labs I needed so I could get into my dream school of UNC Chapel Hill to get my master's in nutrition and biochemistry and exercise science and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and I ended up going to UNC Greensboro to do that. Um, And I, it's interesting. I had a guy that, that was the guidance counselor there tell me, you're a business student, you'll fail and you'll fail miserably and you're not even in that good a shape. And I left there crying and almost committed suicide that night. And so like, it's, it's really the, the polarity, if you will, of two people that really could have 
and did radically change my life path. Luckily, I did not take my life. Luckily, I um, it strengthened my resolve. And I thought of that guy every single day instead of going out to bars and partying and all that kind of stuff. I thought of that guy and what he said to me every single day on like a borderline unhealthy passion <laughs> thinking of this person. And I ended up getting straight A's, getting into UNC Chapel Hill. And there I was cruising along, but working 80 plus hours a week, working at GNC, getting online message boards, like doing all the schoolwork, uh, interning as an RD. And I ended up getting very sick with Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's. And I was in bed for six months, again, thought about killing myself because I thought my dream was over and I would never be out of bed. And, uh, and that's when my, my supplementation shifted from sports, nutrition, aesthetics and performance to now a very different type of thinking, like with autoimmunity, immune health, longevity, And um, luckily, I found the ketogenic diet. I started eating more whole food. It wasn't called paleo quite yet, and and it wasn't called biohacking yet, but I was doing all those things. And I worked uh, in um, dietetics for about 10 years. That was interesting because I was having to prescribe low-fat diets for people that had heart issues, uh, put people on carbs all day long that were diabetics. I couldn't put someone on creatine that had sarcopenia. There's like all the things that I knew to do or that I knew were right. I was coming in conflict with, and people don't understand that like you can lose your license. uh, You can get sued. Um, You know, it's, it's bad. Like the, the responsibility that you have uh, to buck standard of care. And so that, that definitely left an imprint on me and I wanted to leave uh, the clinical background, even though I was proud of it and it gave me a good foundation. And then another big turning point was about eight years ago when I had my dream job at Dimatize. I was now a formulator working at a big company, but we were pushing for sale, working 80 plus hours a week. This is a trend for me. Um, and, uh, and we eventually did sell the company for 425 million, but I got a brain tumor. And again, like, I'm like, you know, what's going like, on? Come on. Why? Yeah, my Me? body. Yeah. My <laughs> body is like, what, like, why are you doing this to us? And, you know, I kept learning more biohacks. I kept getting more dialed with like exercise and biohacking and paleo and keto and, and working with functional medicine doctors and all these things, but I wasn't loving myself or taking care of myself. And it was only like a year and a half ago, especially when COVID happened, I was lined up last year to work 300 days to to be traveling, sorry, to be traveling 300 days. Yeah. And for those listening, like when Sean says traveling, it's like China one week, South (laughs) America the next, like it's crazy time zone shit. I remember how exhausted some of those trips were. And I'm like, oh my God, I was actually happy when the pandemic hit because I'm like, oh my God, now Sean doesn't have to freaking go anywhere. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and I've spent my whole life thinking that uh, happiness is a destination, that success is a destination, that sexy is a destination. And these are achievements that I can I can go out there and accomplish. And that if I get more letters after my name, if I get more money, if I get to this weight, if I travel to this place, if I get on this TV show, if I get in this documentary, if I get my book at bestseller status, if I, if I do, 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 then I will get love from other people and love myself. 
And it was finally when I got into the plant medicine space. And by the way, I've rewritten my book three times because of all these shifts. And I even recorded it six months ago fully and re-recorded it about a month and a half ago mm. because of all these shifts in my heart and um, and where I've where I've come from. But like I finally learned to love myself, grant myself grace, give myself space, get the right people around me, start talking to myself the right way, have gratitude in my life. And I love how biohacking is kind of moving that direction, like to more of this this self-care woo direction, if you will. Um, but psilocybin in general, like that's, that's been one of the biggest shifts for me, both on a microdosing level and journey level. Um, the shifts I've been able to make uh, have been really groundbreaking for me. And well, you're, I mean, you're what I would categorize, I could be wrong and, you know, disagree with me. I don't want to declare you as something that you're not, but I, I in my conversations with you, I was thinking, hmm, you're like, um, I, I, I would, guess like you were a people pleaser for a long time probably 100 maybe I mean, still battle with it because you have that and I, I remember being like oh and you know I guess what we I'd love to hear your opinion on this because um people pleasing is really keeping one in like sort of a victim state and it's also yeah. not really honoring right your boundaries you're not honoring 100%. your truth you don't want to speak up how much of that contributes to all the stuff going on in here so much right so yeah. I I wonder like I mean on that level you know you go you go the health route you go the like formulation route you're doing all the like sciencey part then you get to the like mindset emotional dealing with trauma all this kind of part I mean let's talk about some of the the like what were some of those moments or what are some things that you catch yourself now where you would have been like in a people pleasing state and now you go ah uh, no like are you speaking up more like what is it about your life that shifted there coming out of people pleasing. Yeah. And actually I just did NLP certification last week and that was very helpful on mm -hmm. understanding uh, some of those dynamics as well. And I agree. Yes, absolutely. I was not good at setting boundaries. Um, and I think now I talk about that as being one of the most important ways of expressing self-love yes. is setting up those boundaries and literally telling your body that I, I got your back, you know, that I'm not going to like give away our energy. I'm not going to put myself in unsafe situations or draining situations or depleting sympathetic nervous system situations chronically where things don't feel right. I got your back. I'm going to stand up for us. And that's something that's that I, I find myself. It's just it's a habit. You know, it feels uncomfortable at first. But the, the one thing I found too, like in my business relationships is actually showed up the most. I was getting burned repeatedly because I'm an intellectual property guy. I'm a creative, brilliant mind when it comes to these ingredients and all these things. And I kept getting these ingredients taken from me and kept getting in bad situations because I do handshakes. And I was like, these guys are my guys. I can try like, this is great. And then I get screwed over because I wasn't setting boundaries at the beginning. and. Yes, it's important to set boundaries just as you go in life. But man, I found it so critical, especially at the outset. If you just lay out the ground rules, if you lay out like how we're going to go about this together, I'm going to tell you like my expectations at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the game changer. But yeah, I know, you know I'm you're someone that's confident as fuck. So I you know. Well, 
Well, no, I mean, I like if it were a best friend of mine, we're writing it down. We're putting it in writing. I, I, I just feel like let's not leave room for interpretation later. No, I did or didn't say that. I've had things with text where people are like, I never said that. And I'm pulling up the text thread and I'm like, here you go. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's in writing. So I am a big fan of that. And here's the thing. This is what's weird is that when you're working with people you you love or you know, or you've worked with for a long time and you kind of quote, trust them. It's not to say that you can trust them. It's just better to be clear and have everything laid out. That way there is nothing later that makes you go, oh, are they going to screw me over? Because they can't now because it was written down. And I just think it also is just, again, getting clear with people um, and having that sort of opening to that relationship to be like, we're good. We're good. Same page, same page. Okay, here we go. And so I think that that's really important for everyone to do that, even if it's, again, like a friend or someone you're going to get in business together. Don't just have the conversation of like, oh, we're going to split everything 50-50. Write that shit down. Make a little bit of an agreement. Don't have to go see a lawyer, but do something to memorialize that. And essentially within those documents, within those agreements are the boundaries, right? They're inherent within what people are willing to or to, to not do. So I'm so I'm so glad you're doing that. Let's talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned multiple problems earlier. So brain tumor, is that the pituitary yeah. tumor? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So where is that now? Is it still there? Is it living with you forever? It's just kind of there or how does it's, that? Yeah, it's there forever, but, uh, but it's a, a minimal size. I take cabergoline and, um, and I've worked with you on some of this. And by the way, anyone listening, L. Russ is a genius at functional medicine, helping me like uh, work with a really great doctor. Oh, Gary Forsman. We'll give a shout out yep. to him. He's the doctor on my thyroid book because yes. we thought maybe there's a thyroid thing, but I wasn't sure. And there's there, a lot of complication there. And I wanted to send you to like. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. And it actually has helped that I've been on a very low dose uh, of thyroid medication. So, yes, it, it's it's helped for sure. So thank you. And, uh, and yes, like, uh, you've, you've been an amazing help there. So, um, but yes, it's, it's kept minimized, uh, at this time. And, and, uh, but obviously tell, I tell us a little bit, though, for people that don't know, how does a pituitary tumor, like the one you have, how did it screw with your hormones and your system? Can you just kind of give everybody a touch of yeah. what that meant yeah. for your body? Yeah. So it's like a, it's also called like a prolactinoma in this case. And so my prolactin was sky high and therefore my testosterone was in the trash it was like uh 70 71 or something like that so it was really low and that's how i discovered this is i started having headaches because this thing was getting fairly big and it was putting pressure uh behind my eyes and i was getting these bad headaches i wasn't sleeping well um you know your pituitary is like just critical across the board um And so I was sleeping terribly. I was getting skinny fat. I was like losing my muscle and, and kind of getting like fat to replace it. I wasn't really changing in weight, but I was just, my body composition was off. And, uh, and I just felt like I didn't have the capacity to deal with stress. I felt tired during the day. Uh, it sucked. Like I was, I was not doing well. Um, and I knew something was really wrong. And uh, that's when we did some blood work and found out that my testosterone was so low, my prolactin was so high, my beta estradiol was sky high. And then we assumed that this could probably be a prolactinoma, pituitary adenoma, and we did uh, some scans and confirmed that. So it was larger at one point. Now it's shrunken. You've sort of been able to like keep it at bay. It does this, did the size of it matter on how it actually affected certain things? 
Yeah, hundred percent. When okay. it was larger, yeah, exactly. When it was larger, it was secreting more prolactin and far more problematic. Yeah. That's great. All right, let's get to the energy formula. Everyone wants more energy. We can start off right now and say, don't freaking work 80 hours a week. <laughs> Sacrifice sleep. Okay. I'm sure you, <laughs> yes, sleep is so important. Um, but let's talk about this because listen, there's a hundred million supplements out there. People are, you know, are, are wondering what they do. A lot of the ones you list are unique or not classic in our vocabulary as people that are out there going by the whole foods aisles, you know, looking at stuff. Um, obviously without, you know, th- this book is really great. You guys, it's, it's really in depth, so we can't cover all the details about this, but can you just go through a few things that you're like, Hey, here's how to improve your energy. And I know you and I would say like either a keto, low carb, paleo, whole food diet, sleep, that's kind of standard coming on the primal blueprint podcast, but what else do we need to maybe think about that we haven't? Yeah, that's a great question. And so the energy formula is actually an acronym for experiment, nutrition, exercise, routines, growth, and your tribe. And so I, I explore each of those uh, in the book. And then I have formulators corners in each chapter where I go through the brands of supplements, the doses. And, and then I also have resource hacks where I go through the uh, techniques, the apps, the devices uh, that I'd recommend and there's surveys throughout the books. There's 60 full color diagrams, over hundred scientific citations. It's 400 pages. So it's, it's pretty involved. And you also like when you do buy it at energyformula.com, you get the, um, the fasting for energy guide. That's about 25 pages. It gets into even fasting for women and how that works. And then there's a hidden chapter on natural ancestral movement. Uh, which I'm proud of as well. Um, And I'm sure you've covered uh, that a lot on this show. But as far as other things, the through line in this book is resiliency and uh, understanding allostatic load, the size of your stress bucket being harder to kill, which I'm sure is something that, that you identify with and having enough ease in your life. If you don't have enough ease, you're going to be in a state of dis-ease. And that's, that's where I was. I wasn't in a parasympathetic state enough. I didn't get into autophagy enough. I didn't have uh, uh, rest and digest and relax enough. And so I was in a state of hustle and grind where I was sympathetic or ultra sympathetic. Like I was never in the flow state. I was never in a relaxed state, a non-hyper vigilant state. Right. And so my body was paying the price. And that's why I've had so many surgeries, so many medications, so many illnesses and diseases. And even though I knew all the biohacks, but all the biohacks were a means for me to survive. They weren't a means for me to thrive. I didn't have the solid foundation. So like the last They were like, they were like the, the rescue ship, not yeah. the foundation. They were, yeah, I get you. Exactly. And so- The latter half of the book, like where I get into growth, like growth mindset, fasting, nootropics, and then your tribe gets into like uh, community connection, blue zones, all that kind of stuff. Like that's really a key to resiliency is having those pieces. And those are the pieces that I was missing. Like I knew how to do like keto got me out of bed, out of pain and inflammation and paleo and, and doing the, the functional medicine and, and experimenting with myself and taking these supplements and, and doing exercise. I was doing high intensity interval training and blood flow restriction and intraset stretching and all these hacks that I go through. And I, but I was lacking 
the, definitely the community, the connection and the purpose, the, the why. And those pieces are so critical. Like if you look at uh, the Harvard study that's over 80 years running now, the number one determinant of longevity was quality of relationships. And they looked at literally everything. I mean, every like socioeconomic status, blood work, like genetics, like they've looked at everything. That's the number one determinant. And when you look at the blue zones, it's the same thing. Like we always want to talk about like uh, red wine or Mediterranean food and, you know, resveratrol and those things help and are important. It's their communities and the blue But it's the community. Time. Yeah, it's the community. Yeah, and that's the, that's the strange thing about that. So like, you know, there's not like a lot of controversy, but there are a lot of cherry picked countries in the blue zones. There's things about it you can look at and, you know, be devil's advocate. But the one thoroughfare that you just kind of can't replicate just immediately somewhere that maybe these old cultures have, I mean, we can try to, that's the goal, is this sense of community tribe. And also like lots of very like old school, like lots of long walks after dinner, yeah. you know, like just enjoying each other's company. Um, and and some of them, like one blue zone with the Seventh-day Adventists, right? It's because, yeah. you know, they also have like a religion in common, right? They're all into one purpose. They feel supported by each other. That is a very tight knit community. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and one thing that I've explored, too, is like the idea of like a psychosomatic anchor where it's not just the food for them. It's or the or the wine or it's really about how they're eating it in this community uh, scenario where they have maybe eight, 10, 12 people sitting around a table and they have multiple rounds of food and they're relaxed. They're in that parasympathetic state so that when they have food it anchors parasympathetic nervous system. Right. They're not like da, 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 running out yeah. the door. They're not like, it, yeah. And, exactly. and that, what a very European way too. you know, when you like many years ago, maybe not now, but many years ago when I was in Europe, that's what I love about it. I love the long dinners, the sitting outside, yeah. no one's on their phone. People are just talking and hanging out at the table for hours. It's not, we're going to eat. And then we're going to go and can, we're just going to all hang out. And it's such a, you're right. Like that, that vibration is probably the way to receive nutrients. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's being mindful. It's being present, not only with the people, but the, the world, the food, like you're literally present in your life, not distracted with your phone, the TV, like the email, the things you have to do The you know, it's, it's a very different thing. And then if you think about it, when we're eating here, like you're saying, we're shoveling food in, we need to get through it as quickly as possible. We got places to be, like we're getting it out of the vending machine, the convenience store, the Uber Eats, the Grubhub. We're eating it while we're in our car. And even if it's quote unquote healthy food, a green shake, a, you know, paleo meal, whatever. I really believe this is anchoring sympathetic nervous system so that we're in like the more fight or flight mode when we eat food, no matter how good it is, if we're putting ourselves in that situation. So that's very different. So you can't just take... Some people have asked me, like, you know, is drinking wine healthy? And I would say, you know, it's hard. Like, how are you drinking it? Like, they're drinking it over the course of hours. And obviously, it comes from better farms. And I don't know if you talked about this on your show. I mean, I'm sure you talk about hormesis and, and certainly resilience. But interestingly, xenohormesis with these grapes, if they come from more difficult climates, more arid climates, tougher soil, more sun, then they're higher in these polyphenols. And what's really cool is you're consuming these higher polyphenols if you're drinking that dry farms, you know, wine essentially. So 
Yeah, dry, dry Farms wines, by the way, for everyone listening, that's like your cleanest paleo wine that's sourced from the best you can possibly get. And they're delicious. Um, yeah. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I've, I've had a lot of their, I've tried a lot of their, their products. They're great. Um, and all my friends who are wine drinkers are like, wow, I feel so much better after drinking this stuff because it's devoid of so much of the crap that's out there in regular wine. So yeah, Dry Farm Wines, Dry Farms Wines, we'll give a shout out to mm-hmm. them for sure. Yeah. If you're going to be a wine drinker, you might want to look in that direction. And sip it and relax with it and mm-hmm. enjoy the company you're with. And again, right. you know, have those parasympathetic anchors and then that will be more nutritious to your body. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say the same would go for like a dessert, mm-hmm. you know, because people are like, ah, you know, and just enjoy like no guilt. No, just enjoy it. Really simmer in it. Get into it. Don't, you know, cause again, those, those feelings can come up too when you've made a decision to have something like that. And then you're like, uh, it's like, no, just own it. Enjoy it. Um, so here's the thing. Have you knocked, I mean, and now it's the pandemic, but are you committed to, stopping the 80 hours a week and the, the, the rat race. I am. It's hard when you're launching a book, but I am, I've been doing so much more self-care. I've probably been doing uh, two journeys a month, um, really like deconstructing like the ego and stuff I was projecting out and stories. I was making myself believe undoing some uh, traumatic uh, memories and kind of taking the charge off those and seeing those in in kind of a third person view by using uh, this like one technique I was using was quantum timeline therapy and NLP, but also doing again the, the plant medicine that puts you in kind of that headspace that allows you to do that easier. Um, and I've been having mentors I've been talking to on a weekly basis, been going to masterminds either online or in person, smaller groups, and it's just helped me to get in the right headspace, have the right voices around me. And then I really have been putting a focus on uh, gratitude and um, affirmations. I've been changing that voice pretty dramatically so that I'm caring for myself more, loving myself more, appreciating myself more. As I know, like going back to the boundaries thing, like how I project myself out there is how I'm telling people how I deserve to be treated. And typically you know, the, if anyone talked to us, like we talked to us, we wouldn't be their friend. So I've been, I've been having positive self-talk and also projecting out uh, what I want to receive. And that's been key for me. I love it. Um, One of my pet peeves in life is people being like, Hey, keeping busy. Like why? And busy is like the worst word. Right. Like, like, but as if it's, if it's valued so much and then people are right. like, oh yeah. And then they go into a line of justify. So when people ask me, I go, why would I want to keep busy? In fact, I think everybody is looking for more time to not be, isn't that everyone's goal in life? Like I make a money and get a retired so I can do nothing. So I can hang out so I can enjoy life. So it's very strange because we have this culture of like feeling like if you're not busy, somehow that's bad. But you know, I'm with you because my working 80 hours a week with my hands 20 years ago, ruined my hands. <laughs> you know, um, this, this thing of like, let's go bust it up. Like that, that killed me. It ruined my arms. It ruined, you know, ruined you into in, certain degree. I mean, we're, we're yeah. repaired and <laughs> we're repairing. Um, right. 
And so in a way I was forced Some people are, uh, cause people do consider me like, Oh, type a, you must be busy all the time and stressed out. I'm like, no, because I am limited by my hands in a way. It's the, it's a gift. It's like the, the hand thing made me, made me go, well, you can't work 24 seven on a computer all day long. So unless you're willing to hire people to do that other work for you, it looks like you're going to have to enjoy some part of life. My life is so much better as a result. There are moments when my type a and my, my energy to want to do things will override my capabilities. But for the most part, it kind of keeps me in check. Does that make sense? And I'm not like I would wish this upon anybody, but in a way I'm like, and, and that's what some people are like, Oh, you're really good at finding time for yourself. I'm like, well, I'm sort of forced to in a way, like there's just a certain amount of capacity I have for arm movements in a day. I can't do eight hours on the computer every day, five days a week. After five days, I will start to get inflamed and, you know, I've got to manage it. And it's all natural to me. It's not fine. I'm in, I live great. Let's play a game of ping pong. But if I overdo it, forget it. And I'm in, I'm in bigger and better trouble. And so, you know, I know you've obviously learned this lesson, like running this rat race or, and a lot of people, again, it's a social construction of feeling like they need to prove themselves. Like I've got every hour. I was so I was so busy today. Our ancestors didn't do that. And granted, they didn't have computers and they didn't have businesses and things like that. But that's so anti-ancestral to 24-7. This is what even Mark Sisson, you know, when I was uh, when I used to be his assistant back in the day, briefly before I hosted the podcast and, and became his author, I I would be at his house all the time. I mean, yeah, he'd get up, enjoy his morning, quiet. He'd go to the gym. He'd leave his phone at home almost every time just leave it at home. You know, I knew he would at the gym because I'd see his phone there. And I used to be like, he's crazy. I would never go to the gym without my phone. Yeah. But he knows something, right? He knows the ancestral thing. And then he'd come back and he'd always make time to like jump in the cold pool, sit out on, on the sun for a bit. Like I saw this, he was making time for him despite running a crazy company. Right. And I'm sure a lot of mental stress he's, he'd admitted himself, but I saw that he was making the time for that where most people in his position would have just been go, go, go all day long. And I really admire that. Um, I think that's, again, the, sort of the foundation of primal ancestral living is we forget that part of the modern world, <clears throat> you know? It's it's being present. It's being mindful and enjoying your life. And if your head's down and grinding like I was and you're sacrificing and you're miserable like and trying to get to somewhere, some level of achievement that's enough, and of course it'll never come. Right. You'll never enjoy your life, and it's just a horrible way to go about life. You need you need that balance of hustle and flow. You need to be in that flow state where you are mindful, where you are present, where you are enjoying life, where you are resilient, where you are recovering, where you're allowing yourself to be productive. It certainly should be productive over busy and self-care is going to help that productivity. Busy just means distracted to me. We're on our cell phones and all these people that say, I'm too busy to work out. I'm too busy to do this or that. I'm too busy to take on learning an instrument too busy. Okay. Let me see your cell phone time. Let me look in that, in the, uh, in the settings, how much screen time you have on your computer, on your cell phone with Facebook, with Instagram, with TikTok, with YouTube, with Netflix, let me take a look at that. I'm curious. You know, I bet it's a lot. I bet it's a lot more than you'd care to believe it is. Right. And we're not good multitaskers. It's something called task switching. When we're going back and forth, back and forth, we're putting our attention on one thing, then the other. It can take two to five minutes to recalibrate and refocus. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm not against multitasking, even though I'm great at it. But here's the problem. I noticed it's fight or flight mode. The heart rate goes up. There's no different than me watching a movie with the plane crash or me being stressed out. And so even though it's not maybe stressful, maybe you're like just getting stuff done and you're jamming, you're in a good mood. Uh, oof, I learned, like I would look at the heart rate monitor and stuff and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I'm in, I'm putting myself in fight or flight. It's not totally super negative, but it's negative to my body. And that's when I started to be like, I got to stop that. I got to stop that. And you know, the reason I ruined my hands is I typed it like hundred miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? I did everything hundred miles an hour. I'm a fast talker. Everyone's like, oh, you're really quick at stuff. Too fast, too quick, not in the present, fight or flight, like you said, being in the wrong, wrong state. So now, as much as sometimes I'm inclined to be like, oh, I want to do five things at once. I'm like, nope, do that, do that, do that. I don't do that anymore because I just noticed what it did to my body. Exactly. And and Cal, Cal Newport talks about deep work. Tim Ferriss talks about this like batching, like type of focused work, like especially in that first few hours of the day before you check your cell phone and go down the rabbit hole of emails or you're at your computer at the office, like give yourself two hours of focused time, non-distracted time to knock out one big task. And I'd love to do that. And I certainly love to start my day the right way in the morning when I, before I get out of bed and, and have a great morning routine. And that's what's been shown is that really successful people have two things in common. They have a dialed morning routine and they're expert reframers. They're really good at seeing the opportunity in something, seeing the positive in something. And, and they constantly are reframing. That's actually an NLP skill too, but like that's, that's really key that, that you're, you're an experimenter, you know, like Thomas Edison said, now I know what it's not. Like it's not a failed experiment. Now I know what it's not. So you're, you're exploring, you're creative, you're giving yourself license, you're granting yourself grace and you're, and you're seeing the positive and the potential in things. And those two things are really key. Like morning routine is, is how you start your day, how you own your day instead of the day owning you. Like if the alarm clock goes off, bam, 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 you roll out of bed and you stayed up way too late because you were watching Game of Thrones or a ball game or whatever, and you got five hours of sleep and now your neurons are actually firing slower, uh, like they've shown in data, and you need energy because you're in a state of insufficient cellular energy, your brain energy gap. And so you reach for caffeine, you reach for sugar, a donut, a honey bun or whatever, your Red Bull, your coffee. And that's what you need to try and make it. And then, of course, you're not going to make as good of decisions because that takes more energy. You're going to like fall back on bad decisions. And then you're going to be struggling through your day because you're checking emails. You're exhausted. You're distracted. You're just finding distractions because you don't want to focus. Then you have a crappy meal for lunch. Then you're looking for a candy bar and soda. Then you're making your way through traffic. Then you're laying on your couch. I'm exhausted. Why did I do this? And then you're watching TV again. And like just five or 10 minutes in the morning, like where a light slowly comes on and gets brighter, where chimes slowly come in and get a little louder and you do some box breathing, like eight seconds in, eight seconds hold, eight seconds out, eight seconds hold, do that like four times. You do some gratitude, like I'm so thankful that I'm here today, that I'm alive, that the sun's out, that I have a job, that I have heat, light, water, that I have a dog that's licking my face, you know, what? that I have a car, I have, you know, all these things that are amazing. Then do some affirmations that, 
you know, today's going to be an awesome day. I'm going to meet someone new today. I'm going to have an impact on someone today that I'm beautiful, that I'm sexy, that I'm happy, that I'm successful. Because all those are states of being, like I, like I was saying, they're not, they're not achievements. They're states of being. You can be happy, successful, sexy now if you want to be. And then you get out of bed, do some light stretching for a couple of minutes, drink a full glass of water. That's five to 10 minutes. And then when you get to work, do that uh, deep work for two hours. And then it's now 10 o'clock and you can start your intermittent fasting because I believe according to Dr. Sachin Panda's data, it should be during the daylight hours. If you're doing an eight, uh, eight and 16, that it would be from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. would be that eating window. So now you can have something to eat. And like, look at your day so far. You're you're hydrated. You're stretched. You're you've had affirmations, gratitude. Uh, you've gotten a lot done. Now you're about to eat something that's healthy for you. You fasted. Like that's that's amazing so far. And that doesn't take more time. That isn't more difficult. It doesn't cost any more money. And those things are going to free up time. You're going to have more time for the gym. More time for conversations. More time to be present. What are, what are some of the, these ingredients you talk about in your book? Can you touch on a few things that people might not be aware of, but you're like, Hey, if you're in this situation, this is something that might be helpful to you to look into. Want to rattle yeah. off a few of those? Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, L-Beba, uh, beta amino isobutyric acid, L-Beba, the, the patent name is, um, uh, mitoburn and it's an exercise mimetic similar to the research chemicals acar gw50156 you might not know those but this is a signal in the body that occurs naturally that when you're exercising intensely it tells the body that that's what's happening and so everything associated with high intensity exercise is associated with elevated levels of beba so this supplement exogenously taken raises plasma levels of beba and therefore, you get faster adaptations. You get more VO2 max, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, more bone mineral density, more muscle mass, less fat mass, improved glycogen utilization. All that stuff is going to be elevated from taking that supplement. So that's a really cool one. Uh, Grains of Paradise, uh, the uh, trademark name is Calora Burn. That one's a spice that uh, comes from Africa. It increases brown adipose tissue activation. Brown adipose tissue, we know, is upregulated with cold thermogenesis when you're jumping in, you know, cold plunge, cold showers, things like that. That increases thermogenesis. You burn more calories. It's brown adipose tissue. You only have about six to seven ounces on your body, uh, and it's mitochondrial dense. That's why it's brown. And so it's the, it's the fat burning fat, if you will. It's very different from white adipose tissue. So this is a really cool compound. 40 milligrams has been shown to burn over 100 calories a day in one dose, and it's non-stimulant. We don't know if taking 80 milligrams or taking it twice a day, what that does. There's still more research to be done, but it's cool stuff. Definitely could be good in conjunction with the cold plunges. Uh, dihydroberberine. Uh, metformin has been shown to extend life by maybe as much as two years. There's actually a study going on now with 3,000 people on metformin. That should be interesting data. Glycation, advanced glycation end products literally age you. That's the acronym. Weren't they saying, though, that there were some issues? I thought I saw something, and I didn't look into it fully, could be wrong, where metformin or there was some issue with a recall on it or something that yep. was cancerous yep. about it. Okay, I just yep. want to... 
Yeah, but exactly. There, also, there I believe people are put on metformin too soon. You know, it's the yeah. woman that goes in and they're like, oh, you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Here's metformin. And they're not looking at all the other stuff you and I would tell them to do first. Right. But yeah. So it was tainted. Also, metformin does cause B12 deficiency mm-hmm. uh, and it does have GI distress for about a third of the users. Um, but what's cool is head to head berberine, uh, the botanical equivalent has been shown to be more effective than metformin, the drug. Oh, I see. Uh, and even cooler is a form that I patented, dihydroberberine. When berberine gets uh, to the GI tract, it converts to dihydroberberine. And dihydroberberine is about five to 10 times more bioavailable and stays more uh, elevated about two times as, as long in the plasma. So you have to take it less and you have to take much lower doses, which is really cool. Uh, but it's probably the most powerful anti-aging compound that I know of. It's been berberine. Yeah. And, and now dihydroberberine. Yeah, exactly. Because it's lowering glycation, inflammation, improving lipids, uh, improving oxidation. It's actually a mitohormetic compound. It's like causes a positive stress at that dose on the mitochondria and increases mitochondrial biogenesis. So it's just potently anti-aging. It's probably the best compound I know of. Um, so those are some that come off the top of my head. I've also worked on one called tetrahydrocurcumin that solves some of the bioavailability issues and also the yellow staining issue of curcumin. Uh, and it's a downstream metabolite of curcumin. It's, it's more potent. See, and again, I'm sure people listening are like, what? I don't even know any of this. This is why you have to get his book because he goes through all of this in such yeah. great detail. What are, um, what are, what are you excited? What are you excited? I mean, we're all excited after this is all over when life is back to normal, of course, hugging friends, being able to just, you know, be social. Is there anything you're looking forward to? Is there a trip or is there something you're like, ah, I've been waiting for this thing to end so I can go do X. Honestly, like I, I really miss, uh, hugging people like you, like there's, there's, there's a group of my tribe of cerebral professional influencer friends that are like kind of all in the same circles as me. Like that's like my closest tribe. And like, you know, we only get like two, three, four times a year, like to connect at these conferences, but it's like so special to me. Um, and I, I really miss that. Like, I really want conferences back, not virtual stuff. Like I really want the hugs. I really want to be in person I really want to go to the dinners and and just hang out with you know you and and all of our good friends and and biohacking paleo keto fasting like in wellness you know I just I miss that and um, that's the thing I'm I'm looking forward to most for sure. I just want to let everyone know too, um, <clears throat> Sean's Instagram. He's very active on social media, always putting out great content, uh, great great posts about nutrients, what you need. I mean, really, I, I would go follow him and we'll of course put everything in the show notes uh, to follow you. But what is your IG handle right now in case someone's listening and they want to check you out? Yeah, it's at Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S. And I have seanwells.com where I have newsletters and guides and all that cool stuff. Energyformula.com where you get all the bonuses in the book. And then I've been doing Clubhouse lately. I don't know if you're on there, Al, but we need to. I'm on, but I haven't. I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. on there technically, but I haven't yet done done it yet. So I'm at Biohacking on Clubhouse, and uh, and I've been doing a room almost like once a day or something. So uh, talking about everyone, various. 
on keto, on paleo, on supplements, on on uh, psychoactive, uh, uh, um, like things like uh, psilocybin, ayahuasca, things like that as well. So, yeah, doing a lot of cool stuff on there. It's been really, really fun. I've I've enjoyed it. So, yeah, we need to do a room together. Yeah, absolutely. I I want to let everyone know too. <clears throat> the energy formula, this massive book. You guys have to get it because look, the hard copy is your regular hard copy price. It's ninety nine cents on Kindle, guys. Sean was so nice to do that to because as a when you publish on Amazon, you have the choice to make things extremely cheap for this or to get and to make it available at that price is incredible. And I asked him, I was like, hey, why'd you do that? And he's like, because I want just want the information in people's hands. That is so Sean. So it's it's such a, like it's such a wonderful. I'm like, oh, I love that. I mean, I agree with that too. I love that. So yeah, you can get a badass hard copy. But you can also really get on there, get a Kindle copy for like, I think I just saw it for like 99 cents, which yeah. is insane deal because that hard copy is 40 bucks. So you guys get on it because there's so much information here that's worthwhile. And again, you know, Sean's, you've been, you could just tell by hearing you. I mean, you geek out on this stuff, you know, things on a level most of us don't. You are a, essentially like a chemist to some degree. And yeah. Uh, well, you are. And so it's it's fascinating to hear your opinion on all of these things. Again, even just the few that you mentioned that a lot of us are like, wait, what? I never even heard of that. What is that? And so I just find that it's a very, it's a very unique book that way because it's shedding light on some things that most people do not talk about, don't know about. And then you're going to go through all of these, like you said, the acronym for energy. Um, what would you like to leave our audience with? If there's anything you can share with people in terms of energy or health or just this journey you've been on? what would you like to leave our audience with there? Oh man. Um, like really it's, it, it is that, that self-love has to be the foundation. It sounds like I love how biohacking has gone from magnets in the fingers and, and, uh, and chips in the head and all this stuff to then bulletproof coffee and, and supplements and interval training. And now it's like gratitude journals and breath work, and, you know, and plant medicine. And, and we're really seeing, the evolution, like uh, an awakening right now, uh, certainly in, in culture, I'm seeing like plant medicine grow at an exponential rate, breath work, and all of these things, we're seeing that be critical, that self-love really needs to be that foundation. And, and for me, that was a, a really big learning. I was trying to repair the car going 80 miles an hour down the road. Like I wasn't pit stopping and, and you know, getting a tune up. And we need that. We need that time that you were talking about, like with Mark Sisson, like that's, it's so critical for us to be productive, to be able to tap into our maximum potential. We need those periods of rest. We need those periods of being present, being mindful and self-care. And uh, that's, that's literally the most critical piece to all the biohacks. All the other biohacks should be optimizations on top of that as a foundation. I, I agree. Thank you so much for pouring your heart into this work, all the stuff that you do for everyone. This is incredible. And again, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with Sean and get his book, The Energy Formula. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Elle. Really appreciate right. it. Yeah, you too. All right. I will talk to you soon uh, off offline and everyone else. We will see you next week. Primal Blueprint listeners don't compromise on pantry classics. Whether you're going keto, paleo, in the middle of a whole 30-month, or adding to your Primal-approved arsenal, Primal Kitchen has a full range of mayo, ketchup, dressings, and oils that add flavor and variety to any meal without ever compromising on ingredient quality. 
From avocado oil-based mayos bursting with flavors like kicky chipotle lime, creamy classic, zesty garlic aioli, or savory pesto, to unsweetened ketchups and organic mustards, there's a condiment to complement every taste bud. Be sure to stock up on Primal Kitchen avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and new balsamic vinegar of Modena to add ease and great flavor to any dish, whether you're grilling, baking, broiling, braising, sauteing, or stir-frying. Primal Blueprint listeners can get their favorites 20% off when they use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout. 